This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 229. Hey, veterinary friends, welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I want to talk about some common issues that you may face as a new veterinarian or new technician and what advice I would give to you if I could sit down with you each individually and talk this stuff through. I was inspired to do this podcast by the fact that I'm seeing all of these amazing graduation photos. Everyone is so proud of themselves, and I'm so thrilled and happy for all of you. I want you to hang on to this amazing feeling and this amazing accomplishment. You have really done something incredible. Not too many people get to this place in their life, and you've gotten there. So I want you to feel all of this joy when you're down the road and you've been practicing for 20 or more years. And I want to help you figure out how to do that. And I really want you to thrive in veterinary medicine. We need all of you. We need your wisdom. We need your talent. We need your brain. We need everything in this profession. And I'm so, so happy to welcome you. So before we talk about my advice to you, I just want to encourage you to go to my website and sign up for my Wednesday Weekly Words if you haven't already done that. It's a free email that you will get every week with some words of encouragement or words of wisdom. It might be worth what you pay for it, but you'll get those words of wisdom from me. It's about self-development, coaching, leadership, all of the things that I'm interested in and I hope you are too and that's why you're listening to me today. If you have suggestions for my Wednesday words or the podcast or you have questions for me, you can email me also and I'll happily respond. My email is dvm at gmail.com. That's two P's, one L. And the website is juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. Both of those things will get you to my website. Also, if you go to my website, you'll find a place to schedule a free session, a free coaching session with me, either to work on a small issue that you have and you just want to give it a shot or try out life coaching if you've never tried it before to see if you want to dive in to working on your goals, changing your mind, changing your life and all those great things. So if you want to try it, go to my website and you can find a spot to sign up there. You will not regret it. Okay, so let's talk to the newest members of our great profession. As a life coach, it's my mission to help you understand yourself and your own chihuahua brain or your primitive brain or your reptile brain, whatever you want to call it, so you will be able to navigate your life successfully. I wish I had known some of these things when I first graduated. It would have been way easier to navigate the situations that I experienced But I'm really glad that I eventually learned some of this amazing stuff by studying leadership, self-development, the experiences that I've been through, and then eventually life coaching. It's great, great stuff that I wish I had known when I had first graduated. So hopefully if you're listening, you'll get at least one piece of advice that speaks to you. 
two of the best and most impactful lessons that I learned from going through my life coach training and my compassion fatigue certification training is that number one, life is good and bad. And we want to be happy about that fact. My life coach calls it 50-50. And I like to think of it as ups and downs or kind of a roller coaster ride. You know how you're both terrified and thrilled by roller coasters? At least I am. So if you feel that way, think of that half good, half bad life. The bad or challenging things in life are helpful to our growth. And they teach us to appreciate the good things in our life. Because if you didn't feel the bad, you would not appreciate the good. It doesn't seem quite fair, right? But just the fact that you're going to experience bad things in this career, if you can accept that, it's going to help you navigate it because you'll be expecting it. And the number two thing is that you will experience more pain, stress, compassion, fatigue, and burnout if you expect things to be easy or happy all of the time. That expectation, that thing that our parents taught us to want to always be happy, is the problem. The expectation that something has gone wrong or that you're not where you should be, that adds to our stress. So that should word is kind of a dirty word in my vocabulary. I don't like the shoulds. It gets better if you expect that things will go wrong and train yourself through this personal development journey, this personal growth journey to handle the bad emotions, handle all of it. So the bad news is, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it, because some of my clients get kind of freaked out when I tell them this, that means that changing your job, changing your career, or changing your location will not make you happy until you get good at changing your thinking and learning to experience negative emotions and the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride of life, so to speak. So congratulations to you for listening to this type of podcast because it shows that you're willing to learn and grow. And that is incredible. So if you're feeling stuck in your negative emotions right now, if you've been in vet med a longer period of time and you're more on the negative end, hear me when I say that you can work your way out of any stuck place and begin to build your wonderful and successful life from that place. You can learn all of these skills, but you do have to do the work. So let's start with the premise that your life will not be easy or that I can keep you from facing adversity. I cannot. There's no such thing as a life without challenges. And your life in vet med will be very challenging. And that, on some level, is part of the appeal. There's so much more reward in doing difficult things than doing easy things. Do you know people that run marathons? Why do they do it? Because it's a challenge and it's rewarding when you accomplish it, right? So believe me, I've raised two children while working full-time and being a hospital owner all at the same time. And raising those two beauties was the most difficult and rewarding thing that I have ever done in my life. They are incredible humans. And had I not had them and done the work that it took to raise them, I would have missed out on so many beautiful life-affirming experiences that I would not have had if it were not for my kids. 
And raising kids is challenging, right? Yes, similar to vet med. But it's so worth the reward at the end. And challenges are good for us. They cause us to grow and change even when they're difficult. It's kind of like that saying where pressure creates a diamond. That's true. So I feel that we chose this profession precisely because it's not easy. And we wanted a challenge. The fact that you made it through veterinary school or veterinary technician school, that shows me that you're smart, you have tenacity, you have strength, and you have focus. And you were up for a challenge. So if you're a new graduate, welcome to the profession. I'm so excited to have you and it's a great place to live. You are now entering the world's most challenging, entertaining, emotional, demanding, and incredible, for overuse of that word, profession. Vets who work in vet med are some of the most supportive and kind, caring people in the world that I've ever met. And that's precisely why I do this podcast. So you can meet more vets along the way, even if it's just through your computer or your your phone when you're listening to me in your car on the way to work, right? Your life will be blessed as you walk among these incredible incredible people. So here are my words of advice. I kind of broke it down into a few different sections to help keep your mind focused, healthy, and happy in vet med. So my number one piece of advice, and I offer this to all my coaching clients, is don't think you must know everything. You won't, and that's okay. Practice saying, I don't know. Look at yourself in the mirror every morning and say, I'm doing my best. I don't have to know everything. There's something about vet school that has shamed us and shamed you into thinking that if you didn't have the answer, there was something wrong with you. But I'm here to tell you that your colleagues in vet med that have been out a while or even the new ones that have graduated with you and your clients don't care if you know it. They just don't care if you have all the answers. It's dangerous to pretend that you know everything. Your clients want to know that you care about them and you care about their pets. That's it. They want you to help them navigate decisions. They want you to try to understand their situation. They want you to work with them. So you will do well if you communicate that you care enough to give your opinion or to recommend a test or a referral to a specialist to help them get the answer. You cannot and should not, there's that should word, try to control their decisions. Don't do it. If they cannot afford proper testing, you may never know the diagnosis. And that kind of drives us a little crazy, right? But it's okay. I always want to know what's wrong with a pet, but many, many, many times in my career, I didn't know. And sometimes I got great outcomes for whatever we decided to do, and sometimes we didn't get great outcomes. But your job as a veterinarian, a caring, good, empathetic veterinarian, is to counsel your clients to make their best choice on treatment and then give them the next step in the plan if things don't work or they don't resolve properly. Saying I don't know is really intimidating when you're a new doctor or technician because you think it makes you look or feel stupid. I will offer to you that not saying you don't know something 
will make you appear honest and caring, and clients will appreciate that. You will also make less mistakes if you're humble and you continue to reach out for help. If you realize that you can't know everything and that you might have to look things up or you might have to phone a friend, you might have to call the lab and talk to their specialist, whatever it is to get some help is all okay. And after all these years of me practicing, and I've been doing it a long time, there are still still so many things that I have to ask for help or I don't know or I have to look up. It's very, very common. When I go into the hospital to work for a day, I probably look up 20 things a day. It's not wrong. There's a lot of things you'll learn in your career just from experience, but learning to say, I don't know, is my number one advice for you. It's super important. Another piece of advice that I have on a little bit of a different subject is plan for and work for your physical and mental health. You can only help people if you're healthy and whole. Make that your number one priority. My podcasting friend, Dr. Jessica Moore-Jones, you may have heard her on the podcast, she says, you will have the ability to help so many more animals if you yourself are healthy than you'll ever help if you're unhealthy. And I love the way she says that because it's so, so true. If you take downtime, even though that immediate pet might not get care, you are going to expand your career for many, many more years. So think of this as self-care, increasing your capacity to practice. And there will be days when work monopolizes your time and energy and you come home exhausted, but don't let that take control of you daily. Plan to do what you love outside of work and spend some time with your family and friends. That is key. You must have hobbies. You must have relationships outside of vet med to nurture and grow your soul. And if you take care of yourself first, you can thrive despite that difficult day or even difficult week. I've had difficult months where I was like, this is never going to end. Everything I touch is turning to crap. But if you take care of yourself and nurture yourself, you can handle it and work your way out of it. So learn to set some boundaries, keep yourself healthy, seek help when needed, understand that we all have the need for self-care. And you can build a long career for all of the animals and their people if you do the self-care piece. It's the same as self-development and doing the work that you need to learn about yourself and what you need, how you practice, and how to live best. It's individual. You have to look inward. And if you're buried in self-doubt or feeling stuck and you don't know how to grow, get someone to help you. Therapy is not shameful. It's important. Coaching is important. Support groups of other veterinarians and technicians. Just reach out. If you say something to someone, chances are they're going to have a similar experience and they'll know how to help you. Just know that it's a key piece of a successful life to take care of yourself. And that leads to my next piece of advice. Leave your cases at work. And this one's easier said than done, right? I know because I have struggled with it for years. But practicing techniques for protecting your life away from your job is super important. Just because we have an important job doesn't mean that we don't deserve time away. 
if you can picture yourself leaving your cases or your problems and your emotions on your desk at work or when you shut down the computer closing the door on those problems or picture yourself putting them in a bag and hanging them on a hook in your office even if you have like a stethoscope or something that's a physical object that you can hang up as you're leaving that will help you clear your mind before you get home maybe listen to some uplifting music on the way home in your car something that you enjoy or a podcast that deals with something other than vet med maybe it's self-help like i love or leadership maybe you like you know a money podcast do something like that anything that distracts you from worrying or thinking or emoting over and over again about something that happened at work i also like keeping a gratitude journal to help me separate my negative work emotion from the positive emotions because there's so much positive in vet med we just don't notice it because we don't focus on it. So train your brain to leave those negative emotions or that work emotion at work until the next day. Don't bring it home with you if you can at all help it. That will make your life so much better. When I was the owner and I worked full time in my practice, there were so many instances when I needed to finish up records or pay bills or make phone calls to owners that threatened to interfere with my participation in my family life. And it happened over and over again. And it's so challenging because we think everything needs to be done before we can go home and enjoy our family. And so what, what I would sometimes do to help myself get over that is I would make a plan or schedule a time to finish up my work later. So I was still going home and I was compartmentalizing those other things that I needed to do into a plan. And that meant that I could go home, get my kids to bed, enjoy my family time. I didn't cook, so I didn't cook, but we usually tried to eat something together, at least when I got home, or going to a band concert that the kids were in. And then I could return either a few hours later that evening, if the kids were in bed when they were quite little, if I really wanted to get it done that night, or I could schedule a time for Saturday afternoon or Sunday to go in and finish up my records, my bill paying, my calls. And if I could set it aside and say, okay, I'm gonna set, it, set aside two hours on Sunday to catch up. It wasn't ideal because I had to drive back to the office, but it allowed me to mentally leave and not worry about what I had left undone. I knew that I would get it done at some point, and then I was putting my family time above that stuff. And remember that if you can leave your problems at work, those problems and tasks are still going to be there when you get back. So leaving them mentally behind won't change a thing. If you worry about them at home, it doesn't change them. You're not getting them done, you're just worrying about them. So practice and learn to leave your problems and emotions behind either on your desk or under your desk or whatever mental picture. Dr. Jessica Moore Jones says, put them in a box and leave them on your desk. And then when you come back to work, you can always look in there and see if they're still there. And believe me, if you can leave some of the negative emotions behind at work, if you had a bad day, when you get back in 24 hours or 48 hours or whenever you're coming back to work, sometimes those negative emotions aren't as strong because you've had a little bit of time to just kind of relax and let them go. The other way to look at this is that most of the things you're worrying about will not even eventually come true. 
So worry is a big waste of time and energy. I spent so many nights worrying about a case and then I'd go in the next day and that pet would be fine. And I'd learn that everything was fine. And so now I just wasted two hours of my sleep or two hours of my family time worrying about that pet. When in reality, worrying doesn't change anything. So bad things will happen with our work, whether you worry about it or not. So do your best to just let it go. I know it's easier said than done. I've worked at it for lots and lots of years and I still have a tendency to worry. But this is advice from someone that is a champion worrier. I'm really good at it. And not one hour of worrying has saved me anything. So most of the things that I've worried about over the years have never, ever come true. That goes with your kids. That goes with your family life. It goes for everything. The worry is just wasted time and wasted stress. Okay, now let's talk about clients. That's one of my favorite subjects. Most of our clients are kind, but you will deal with a few outliers and sometimes a lot of outliers. It feels like a lot, right? People can be unpredictable and emotional, and it seems like in this current environment, people are more emotional and more unpredictable. I don't know if it's because of COVID or just because people are more spoiled and they're used to getting things immediately. I don't know what it is, but it seems to be that way, right? Especially when they're stressed. They're much more unpredictable and emotional. So be sure to practice calm, clear communication and active listening. Really listen to your clients. Remember that many of them are in some stage of grief, which includes bargaining, anger, denial. All those stages of grief will come about when people are under stress. They might not be angry at you, but they may direct that emotion at you. That anger will come at you. Most clients' feelings will pass if you can stay calm and empathetic and give them a little time or space. And that may even mean separating yourself from the situation. But trust your instincts regarding pets and people. If you feel unsafe, separate yourself from the situation. You can just excuse yourself from the room, don't stay in the room, and tell them you have to go do something else. Oh, I forgot I have to go make a phone call or I just have to leave the room for a minute, I'll be right back separate yourself and then you can evaluate the situation right trust your feelings because sometimes your intuition will tell you if things aren't safe never stay in a room with an aggressive dog or a very aggressive client right your body will tell you if there's danger and then call the police if necessary when you feel unsafe that's what they're there for i've called the police a couple of times over the years and in my area or my town They've been very prompt and very helpful, and they don't make me feel stupid, even if it turns out to be something that's not dangerous. When I was a new veterinarian working on emergency cases, I used to have to go in at night alone to take care of emergencies. So one evening, this lady came in with her cat, and she got very upset because she didn't have the money to do what I thought she should do. The cat had a broken leg. She had just gotten it. It was a younger cat, and she just didn't couldn't afford it. And so she was in grief and denial about what was happening, and she took her anger out on me. She started screaming at me. She reached over the reception counter. She grabbed the phone that was sitting there. She ripped it out of the wall. She threw it on the reception room floor, smashing it. 
She was screaming, her kid was crying, her friend that was with her was freaking out, and it was super scary. But luckily for me, she didn't have a weapon and she didn't come after me other than throwing the phone. But I promptly ran to the back of the hospital and I locked the door and I called the police because I was like, there's a crazy lady in my office and I don't know what to do. So when these very scary moments happen in practice, it will be difficult to remember all of the good people that you encounter. You'll hang on to that story for years. I still vividly remember that story because it was really emotional. But remember that the good people far, 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 far outweigh the bad. The mean people are just more memorable. That negative emotion sticks with you. That negative stuff stores in that chihuahua brain and saves it forever. So just remember that. And you're going to have to do some work to remember that most of your clients are going to be great and kind and loving and bring you gifts and make you cookies and send you flowers. That's going to happen way more than the mean, ugly people. So train your brain to respond to the negative in a safe way, but then remember the positive. Okay, another piece of advice that I want to offer to all new veterinarians and veterinary technicians, and this is one of my favorite pieces of advice because this is going to happen. Don't get upset when people ask you veterinary questions outside of work and expect you to answer them. Don't get upset when your neighbors show at your, up at your front door with a stray cat or a rabbit that they found or an injured bird or whatever it is. That stuff is going to happen. Expect that every new person who discovers you're a veterinarian or a veterinary technician will light up with excitement. They're going to be so thrilled to hear that you're a vet. It'll happen at family functions, weddings, showers, bars, restaurants, parties, children's school events, and even when you're working out at the gym. If someone asks you what you do, you will either have to lie or when you tell them you're a veterinarian, expect them to be excited. When you meet someone new and they learn that about you, they will have a story or a question about their own or someone else's pet. They'll light up and say, I have a dog, or I always wanted to be a vet when I was a kid, but it was too hard, or it was too much school, or I'm not smart enough, they'll say that. Or they'll say, that's so cool. Do you mind if I ask you a question about so-and-so? And they won't even sometimes say, do you mind? They'll just ask it, right? You might be tempted to be irritated by their comments and their questions, but try to see it as a compliment and an honor. Reframe your thinking. I used to hate it, but now I see it as fun and interesting because I chose to think of it differently. Most people don't have such a fabulous job. They don't have such an interesting job. They don't have all the cool stories that we have. No one ever lights up when my husband says he's a project manager because most people don't know what that is. Unless they're a project manager themselves, then they might light up. So be honored by that. Try to answer their questions, or if you don't want to answer their questions, just nod and smile. Try to be patient and understanding. They think you're super cool. You don't have to diagnose anything for them. You don't have to give them any advice. You don't have to answer their questions. Just enjoy and bask in the attention. You can enjoy their excitement without saying anything about their pet. Just tell them to make an appointment with their vet, 
or tell them that you can't, you know, you don't know, you can say, oh, I don't know about that. You'll have to bring them in so I can examine them. Anything that you can say to kind of get them off your back if that's what you want. Or you can even say, I choose not to talk about work outside of work, but I really appreciate your interest. But just be happy that they love your job and you love it too. So take it as a compliment. And the very last piece of advice that I want to give you today on this podcast is to always put yourself first. Now, I know I already said this at the beginning, but it does bear repeating. You are the author of your story. You get to decide what the rest of your veterinary career looks like, and you are in control of your entire life. Even when it feels out of control, even when bad things happen, even when terrible things happen in your life, remember to mind your mental and physical health. You'll have hard days, you'll have terrible days, and I hate to offer that to you, but it is going to happen. That's a fact. But if you can put your needs first as much as you possibly can, set some good boundaries, work to your capacity, and don't work to the capacity that someone else thinks you should have, right? We're all different. I know my personality. I can juggle a lot of cases, but I might not have the detail that someone else that can't juggle a lot of cases would have. So there's value in both of those things. Learn what your strengths are and work hard every day and play hard every day. Don't waste your time on social media thinking that everyone else has it figured out. They don't. Remember that you are incredible and worthy of all the experiences that life has to offer. You're needed in this world. You were put here for a reason. There is some uniqueness in you that veterinary medicine and the world needs. So please be kind to yourself. The human-animal veterinary bond is magic. If you approach your career with joyous expectation and stubborn self-preservation, you'll build the life that you've always dreamed of having. So welcome to the profession, new doctors and new technicians. I'm thrilled to call you my veterinary friends. I'm excited to welcome you to this profession, and I can't wait to see what you do. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye.